Good evening. I invite you at this time to turn to Titus chapter 2. Titus chapter 2, as we study the grace of God this evening, we'll be examining verses 11 through 14. If I asked the world what it took to get to heaven, I'd probably get a variety of different opinions and different answers. Even if I asked probably members of the church, I might hear things like, well, it, it takes salvation, it takes, it takes baptism, it takes hope, faith. And I agree with all of those things. But without the grace of God, uh, I'm here to tell you that I don't know that any of that would be very much a very much profit. What if I told you that in the most technical terms, the way we get to heaven is a result of God's grace? Grace is the favor that's bestowed upon us by God that we don't deserve. Our transgressions, our sins have placed us apart from God. They've put us away from God to where we need His grace in order to be right with Him. Grace is not something that stands alone, and it's also not something that we can earn. It's not something we win as a result of living a good life. Grace is given to us because God wants to have a relationship with people. So in Titus 2, we're going to examine verses 11 through 14, and we're going to examine four things that grace gives us. Four things that grace gives us. Number one, grace gives us salvation. For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people. Bringing salvation for all people. We not live in a world that's very divided. We're divided religiously. We're divided politically. And it seems that as though we go through each step of the American life, at some point we're going to encounter this division. But the grace of God intervenes here, and the grace of God breaks down this division, it breaks down this separation, because it allows the ability for all people to be saved. The book of Romans discusses heavily, at least the first part, heavily this world that's divided by even race and religion. It talks about how the Jews think that they, because they're God's people, have the right to salvation. But because of the gospel, the Gentiles also have an opportunity by faith through that gospel. And this is something that didn't please the Jews. But Paul said, what then are we, Jew are we Jews any better? We've charged all that both Jews and Greeks are all under sin. It puts everybody on the same level. But Paul doesn't leave him without hope. Near the end of the chapter, he says, being justified freely by His grace through the redemption of Christ Jesus, Romans 3, verse 24. Grace impacts the sin of every man from everywhere. The grace of God that destroys this segregation between men on earth brings salvation. Red and yellow, black and white, they are precious in His sight, and they're precious because God loves us. God shows His love to us because He sees what we have done, but sent Jesus anyway in order that we might have salvation. God's grace brings us salvation. But God's grace also gives us direction, and that's found in verse 12. God's grace gives us direction, directing us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and holy lives in the present world. How does God's grace give us direction? Well, when man wanted to live his own way, when man wanted to learn his own way, God still sent a messenger and God preserved his word. 
John 1 tells us that God sent his son into the world that man may know how to live and know what to believe. And according to Isaiah 53, we despised and rejected him through our sin. The grace of God brings us the word of God, a lamp to our feet, a light to our path, Psalm 119, 105. The Bible teaches us how to realize what's wrong with sin and how to walk in grace. But unfortunately, the reality is that so many people reject God's grace because they reject His Word. Solomon writes about these people, and he says that these people think that their way is right, but ultimately they're going to end up on a way to destruction, Proverbs 14, verse 12. In Galatians chapter 5, Paul told the Galatians that they had fallen from grace because they had chosen not to follow the way of the gospel. In Romans 6, 6 verse 14, there, there's a verse and there's a translation that says, Sin will no longer be the path that you will follow, for you're not under the law, but you are under grace. God's grace gives us direction. But a third thing God's grace gives us, and that is expectation. God's grace gives us expectation. Waiting for our blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ. God's grace provided us with a way to salvation, a way of direction, and as a result of that, we can have an expectation. Someone's defined hope as this, reasonable expectation. I think that in a lot of ways, especially spiritually, that's really true. How does God's grace bring us expectation? Because God will appear, the Lord will appear once again. Jesus rose from the dead, He died and He rose and ascended into heaven, and He has the power to come back. John 14, the disciples were worried about Jesus, and Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you, that where I am, you may be there also. I will gather you to myself, and I will receive you, and I will come again. We have this expectation because God keeps His promises. By God's grace, we can expect to enter into a reward if we're faithful. When we think about grace, we need to understand that it's not something we earn. It's, it's not something... It, it, grace is something that we don't deserve. Uh, it was earlier this year where the New York Times was interviewing Michael Bloomberg, and they asked him a very odd question. They asked him, what do you expect on the day of judgment? And in typical Bloomberg fashion, he answered very confidently. And he said he started talking about his impact on obesity, his impact on gun control, and his impact on politics. And this is what he said. He said, I'm telling you that if there is a God, when I get to heaven, I'm not stopping to be interviewed. I'm not signing autographs. I'm not even going to knock. I'm heading right in. I have earned my place in heaven, and it's not even close. There is a God, Mr. Bloomberg, and He's not what you expect. The grace that you expect to be given unto you on the day of judgment, it will not be found. You don't have to worry about God interviewing you. You're the mayor of a city, and, and my God is the ruler of the world. Rulers don't interview mayors. He said, I'm going to just walk right in. I've earned my place and it's not even close. He has not earned his place. I have not earned my place. You have not earned your place and it's not even close. Luke tells us that when we've done all that's commanded to us, we are to say we are unworthy servants and we have just done what is our duty. We got what we deserved. If we got what we earned 
it would be death. But grace can help us expect a Savior who will bring us home. But finally, as we conclude, grace gives us identification. And that's found in verse 14. Grace gives us identification. Who gave himself for us to redeem us from all lawlessness and to purify for himself a people for for his own possession who are zealous for good works. A people for his own possession. Noah found grace in the eyes of God. Noah had a relationship with God unlike any other. Noah was considered to be a friend of God. Can you imagine that? On the day of judgment, when God looks upon his people, when God looks upon you, is he going to say, that person right there, that's my friend. I know who that is. He's with me. I hope he does. God wants us to be in a relationship with him. Paul told Timothy that God wants all people to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth, 2 Timothy chapter 2. God's grace tells us that we're his people. We're, We're the sheep of his pasture. And by that identification, we don't have to worry what might happen to us. He's going to protect us and he's going to provide us, provide to us, because we hold a name that's above all names. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves, it is the gift of God. Not by works that no one can boast, Ephesians 2 verses 8 through 9. I'm not going to be saved because my name is Parker Webster, which doesn't really mean anything anyway. I'm going to be saved because grace gives me the ability to hold his name as my name. It may be tonight that you're not a Christian, and God's offered you an invitation tonight to be able to contact his blood through baptism, to be able to wash away your sins, to be able to enter into that reward of heaven through his grace. His grace gives you an ability to be right with him and to live a life and walk in a life that's worthy of the high calling. But it may be tonight that you have fallen from grace. It may be that you've been knocked down and you need help getting back up. We want to pray for you. We want to encourage you. We want to be there for you. If you need anything tonight, we invite you to come to the Lord now as we stand and sing.